When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome to The New Normal from The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis-White, in bed, uh, because this is where the closest cord is, and I always feel I'm running out of battery. Um, I am today, now normally, you know, it's six o'clock on Monday, Friday, but Cal Wilson is in Australia, and she is uh, one of our very favourite Guilty Feminist co-hosts, um, and so I would like uh to uh to bring her in i will when we've got a quorum oh we've got a very quick quorum for this so i'm going to see if i can bring her in i will say four three two one is she there is cal wilson there oh we're connecting hey there she is oh you look fabulous i've just finished my personal training so i've not got even moisturizer on my face is like sandpaper honestly Um, just got out of my exercise gear and I went for a run about 12 hours ago. So (laughs) (laughs) it's nine o'clock there. Yes. It's Um, nine o'clock on a Saturday. Uh, Will the regular crowd shuffle in? I hope so because there's an old man sitting next to me making love to his tonic and gin, which is alarming and not something. I (laughs) I mean, aren't there laws against that? I mean, these days you can't get away with doing that to an alcohol. An alcohol. No. Also, it's a bit of a lazy rhyme there, Billy Joel, because we all know it's gin and tonic. Nobody has ever in the history of the world called it a tonic and gin. Um, Unless an old sitting next to me, he's getting quite histrionic, sipping his gin and tonic. Not quite as poetic. I think some other kind of drink that ends with gin, making love to his... Uh, oh, your 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 internet's buffering there. Are you all right? Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yes. Cal. Cal. Uh, someone's suggesting that you've outdone me on the glasses front, because uh, I normally get great glasses. Where did you get glasses? The answer is always Trilise Cooper. Um. And you have uh, outdone me on the glasses. Trilise Cooper sent me like a dozen pair of glasses because I my glasses. Uh, my glasses fell apart and I had uh, I've 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 answered that question so many times on the internet and worn them in so many press shots they sent me like a dozen a dozen pair of different glasses 
all made up or are you rationing yourself? Like, is it going to be one every six months or one every two years? What well, what I wanted to do was switch them around because they were like, they go through an outfits. But at the moment I'm still in lockdown. So I haven't changed them up that much because these are, you know, these are my classics. And I yep. also have a pair of red square ones, which I love, which I wear a lot now too. But I haven't delved too much further in. I was going to do like at some point, like a photo shot, photo shoot with them and then put a different one each day up saying, where'd you get those glasses, Trulise Cooper? But the news has turned in a way that I feel that right now, any, anything like that would be so tone deaf as to be uh, a mad, a, 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 a drastic misreading of the room. Did you see Rachel Griffiths put a post up about how great it was to have a manicure? There was a really weird post where she said no. there are people dying. I know it's terrible, but gosh, it's much easier to face if you've got nice nails. Like it was a really, like such an unbelievable post that immediately was taken down. But I was like, I'm just not. I've seen some spectacularly mistimed, mistoned. I mean, I think as a real rule of thumb, do, no thirst trap pictures that combine with any social issues. Yeah. But especially, especially if you are white, Black Lives Matter, you do not put up any kind of, I've seen some white men who've put up some pictures of themselves that are really, it's something between a Black Lives Matter post and a grinder profile. And I'm like, <gasps> no, no. And, and, you know, friends of mine, have, we've shared with each other and got, how could you possibly, what kind of self-awareness? But I've also seen, I have to say, white women treating, you know, Black Lives Matter rally as some kind of fashion shoot, you know, where they're taking glamorous pictures of themselves. I don't, please, it's embarrassing enough to be white as it is this week. Can you stop? It's, I feel, I mean, no one who cares about my white girl, my white tears, any of those things. This is not me censoring myself. This is me saying all white people should feel ashamed this week because none of us did enough. Uh, you know, or I, I'm not saying speaking for every white person, maybe some white people have devoted their life and, and I'm sure they have and I, I'm not speaking for them. But I'm speaking for myself and pretty much every other white person. Whatever you did, clearly it wasn't enough. Clearly it wasn't enough. And this is not the time for you to be taking centre step. There's just, there's no excuse for a hot selfie this week from a white person. No. No. No I can't, excuse. I can't, think, I can't think of a, I don't even want to imagine what the good reason It doesn't, and, and nothing about your nails, your hair, you, you know. Yeah. But, but those posts get screenshot and then sent around and, they, and then they get deleted very quickly. But, you know. Anyway, how are you? I feel like we, we should not, um, uh, you know, our feelings as allies, which we will talk about offline, because we do need a strategy, Carl. Yeah. We do need a big old strategy. We do. Uh, and, uh, but I want to do that very thoughtfully about how the guilty feminist is going to move forward. And I'm worried that a lot of this allyship is fireworks for one week. And then, you yeah. know, uh, as Yasmin Abdul-Majid said in her brilliant article for Time magazine, I'll still be black when it's not trending anymore. Yeah. When it stops trending. And I was like, oh God, you know, this is the real danger. So I think we need a strategy. You need a strategy, I need a strategy, and we need a guilty feminist strategy. It's your very important part of the guilty feminist. And I know that you've had Black Lives Matter uh, indigenous uh, uh, protest this weekend. How have those gone? Um, they seem to have gone well. They were the one in New South Wales was banned as being illegal. I, I, because I'm not of COVID. Sure. Because of COVID, yeah. And then the the it got overturned, but they were having the protest anyway. 
But I think they were, they all went well and lots of people turned up. And it does it does feel a little bit like um, that, that a bunch of white people have woken up a bit this week and gone, oh, shit. Like, I know I've gone, oh, I haven't done enough at all. And I've, you no. know, like... And I'm not doing that terrible thing of going, I have no idea. I mean, obviously, the Guilty Feminist, you know, we've talked about these things a lot on the Guilty Feminist and we have, um, you know, we really, you know, have uh, had the, the privilege and the honour of um, some extraordinary black women on the podcast um, over the years and uh, also brown women telling uh, uh, different stories. I know this week it is not uh, to upstage, we must not upstage blackness, but we have had, um, you know, all sorts of, uh, women telling different stories and regular co-hosts who are black and you know so it, it is not to say I'm going oh my goodness I don't know black people you know like I that response is kind of infuriating but have I done enough I just think obviously not because of the pain radio radiating off you know yep. my black friends and I, I just obviously not and i and so what what is our strategy from here on in is the is the only interesting question now is not time for us to be like you know uh, uh some uh, you know uh, it's not time for us to be burdening black people with our white guilt or our white apologies which is not useful actually um our strategy is useful um our work is useful our our, our, our feelings of guilt uh, are not. But our admissions that we haven't done enough, I think, are important, you know. Um, uh, uh, someone saying, love, my awareness about blackness came from listening to the Guilty Feminist podcast. Thank you for what you're doing. Well, that's so wonderful. And I have to say, that's all the black women that were invited on and very much not me. So uh, thank you to all of the amazing black women who've come on and contributed to the podcast. Um, and it's a privilege to have that platform and share it with those voices, frankly, um, those really amazing voices. Um, so given you and I are going to do a strategy offline for what we're going to do, um, how are you, Cal? Um, I am, I am a, I don't want to come out yet. I don't want to come out of lockdown yet. I've have discussed. you got Lockdown syndrome? That's yeah, what I call it. I have. I think I like, uh, it's, it's weird. Like one of, one of my friends had real trouble as we went into lockdown and like, like she sort of, she's in the same industry and, and she felt really overwhelmed by going into lockdown and I didn't, but now that things are starting to open up again, I'm like, Oh, I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I'm ready to go back to the world. No. Which yeah. I would have thought at the top, hold on. I'm just going to pause this for a second to, uh, it's on to 4G. Can you busk while I'm gone? Just do something um, fun. All right. Um, a, a training company called Halt C. Um, and I'm very excited about them. And I look like the old man oh. from up. Yeah, there you go. I bust. I bust. Waiting for you. Do not look like the old man from Up in any way, shape, or form. Although I now do see that you do have his glasses. Yeah, you do. You do have his glasses. Yeah, yeah. You do look a bit like the old man from Up now. You've said it. I mean, to be fair, you've had to pull a quite extreme face to get <laughs> yeah. there. Like about these glasses is I don't. I don't think you're going to get mis mistaken for him in the street. That's what I don't think. Um, they are fabulous glasses. Um, a fictional man. 
do you feel it's safe to come out of lockdown? Do you think they're letting you out at the right time? Um, I think we have to come out of lockdown, but I'm worried that uh, we'll burst out of lockdown and there'll be lots of, um, like, too much contact and then we're going to get the second wave. But I'm yeah. also aware that I do have Eeyore tendencies. So we might be fine, but mm. I'm still, um, I'm still like, well, I have a couple of um, people close to me who are quite vulnerable health-wise, and so I'm really aware of their health going feeling nervous for them and feeling anxious for them. Um, yeah, and I just sort of feel, I, I feel like um, I'm waiting for the, yeah, I'm waiting for the, oh, it turns out it wasn't fixed. Like, that's kind of what I'm waiting for. But I do, I do um, tend to catastrophize. Mm. I am an optimist, uh, but I do not feel we should come out of lockdown at all. And they're sort of easing it. And I'm like, why though? Um, we've had over 40,000 deaths from COVID and we're, we're only these, there's only two countries in the world that have had that. We're one of them. Yeah. And last week in the UK, it was like the deaths were for other European countries were as low as two, but they were all under a hundred and our, 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 that we had over 300 deaths and like each, you know, it sounds like these are all stats, but these are all, you know, whether you're a country that had two deaths to those people, to those families, that's, Tragic. so i don't yeah. want to sort of say the numbers as if they're meaningless but you know uh, at all and i attach humanity to all of those but 300 over 300 when every every other european country seems to have got it down to under 100 that's if i've read the stats right and if the article i saw was correct and you know uh but it, it it's that seems to be the accepted uh received wisdom that doesn't seem oh there's somebody saying that the uk has more deaths than the whole of the uh, EU combined. Um, yes, lockdown is releasing sentiment for good. So yeah, my that's my concern. Uh, but you've flattened your curve, have you? You, you think I it's think the right that, time? Like we seem to have done uh, really well. Like there were a few slip ups early on with a um, a cruise ship docking with with uh, a number of cases on board, and and the New South Wales health whatevers didn't get onto it quickly enough to stop people. Why just didn't they isolate them? I don't know. I think maybe it was still at that stage of like, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing too bad. It'll be just, just like the flu. That's sort of what I feel like it took, like I feel like New Zealand did the right thing where they were just like instantly, that's it, it everything's shutting down now, stay home, come home, don't ever go out again kind of thing. And then so I Jacinda think, Ardern a better leader than other leaders again? I think she might be. I think. What um, what. what noticed about her throughout this whole thing is the way she keeps talking about kindness and empathy so she keeps uh I, I yeah, watched... wouldn't that be refreshing for your leader to talk about kindness and empathy tom watches lots of old movies because he has a podcast called best pick where they uh they watch and review and research uh best picture winners so he's always watching like every film if from 1937 or something like that every every important film from 1937 is so often there's that sort of noise coming. I just thought if you could hear the noise of a very, very old film uh, coming from out of the room. You couldn't. That's why I shut the door, because I thought... Um, uh, so... Yes. Just talking about kindness and, and empathy, and, like, I was watching her um, briefings just for comfort, like, because I found her so completely soothing in a way that... And what I really loved about her is that when someone would ask a question and she didn't know the answer, she'd go, I don't know, I'll find out. Like, she didn't do mm. any of the... Like, just didn't try and get out of it. It was just like, well, I'll, 
I'll get someone who knows that answer to tell me what that answer is, but I don't have it right now. Like just so much better. So much There's better. so much status in saying, I don't know. But saying, yeah. I don't know in a way of, oh, well, I need to find that out though. Thank, big, thank you for asking. Yeah. And, you know, there's one person can't know everything. That's why you have a big staff and you have experts and you have different ministers for different things. Makes so much sense. Yeah. Lizzie, Lizzie there says, uh, so proud to be in New Zealand. Um, yes, I'm sure you are. <laughs> the, all the Australians and the Brits are going, oh my God, this is, this is yeah. embarrassing. This is it's a terrible quite, time. It was quite weird now, obviously, because our, in our industry, our whole life is about being in front of people at once in a confined space. So that seems so far away to get back to. But like friends in New Zealand have been posting that they've had their first comedy gigs back and there was a gig oh. in Melbourne as well. And I'm like, oh, that sounds wonderful. But at the same time, how can that be possible? Like I still can't, I just can't imagine being in a full room again. And will people come to it? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, Pure Light says, did you see Jacinda talk about the Easter Bunny? And it was really great. She talked about how the... Um, the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny were classed as essential workers. And so um, they would, of course, not be, uh, they would not be um, having Restricted. But she also, but she, said, she also yeah. said that Easter Bunny has a family of her own. And so if there are no Easter eggs at your house this weekend, it's because the Easter Bunny has just been really flat out. So she gave a really great out to parents who weren't able to do yeah, any Easter eggs. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. They could show the Prime Minister saying, look, yeah. There might be a hold up yeah. <laughs> on your eggs, <laughs> but COVID is that you know. But but we're but we're not restricting the Easter Bunny's movement. No. Did she did she say the Easter Bunny was a she? I didn't realise that. I've just said that as a she because I said the Easter Bunny was a she because I was like, why should the Easter Bunny be a he? So I got wow. The this. Easter Bunny was a woman all along. Yeah, this is well, a scoop. This is a guilty kind of scoop. My joke was that she puts all the eggs in one basket and she loves chocolate. So, of course, she's a woman. Um, so, so <laughs> I got into trouble, though, when Digby was about six because I, cause we'd always talk about the Easter Bunny as a she. And then he was like, the kid across the road says the Easter Bunny as a he. How come we've got a, we got a she Easter Bunny? And I was like, why do you reckon it is? And he goes, I reckon there's so much chocolate, there's a whole family of Easter Bunnies. And I was like, I think you're right. Very good. Very strong work. Um, yeah. Very strong work. This is, this is, um, you have so many great stories about uh, m magical childhood characters and your son. I mean, this is a stock in trade for you. You've yes. got a brilliant, a brilliant Santa story as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And a goat. Which, um, which you can watch if you see Cal Wilson's stand up special. Uh, right. Or someone said Sheesta Buddy. Sheesta Bunny? Bunny. That is great. Sheesta Bunny. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so are you, uh, are, do you have any new I'm a feminist butts that have come out of the lockdown? Um, all right. Uh, I'm a feminist, but uh, the upside of this whole thing is I haven't dried the back of my hair for nine weeks. Uh, like, only, you know, like I got out of the shower moments ago, look at that though, gone, gone grey. Wow. Great, but when will your hairdressers open? Uh, they're already open, but I'm kind of, I want to see how long I can last without oh. uh, going back. And then I think I might go platinum blonde <laughs> just for a change. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. I did it when I was 30, so I might as well do it when I'm 50. 
I want to do it. I want to do blonde. I want to do like a Jennifer Aniston caramel color blonde. I don't think it's going to suit my face shape or my face, uh, my skin tone or my anything, but I want to try it once. I don't yes. know. It's probably going to wreck my hair though. I don't know. Get a nice wig and try it out. Um, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. Um, hairdressers never want to do it to me because they're like, you have to bleach your hair so much to do it because your hair's so dark. So I think, suspect I probably shouldn't, but you know, at some point I might throw caution to the wind and think you only live once. You might as well wreck your hair. Um, um my other, I'm a feminist, but is, um, I'm a feminist, but I secretly hope that everyone else has been eating as much as I have because I, I, I do not fit some of my clothes anymore. I can absolutely guarantee you that have, uh, that's goes without saying. Um, have you, uh, had any ways of coping with being, um, being in isolation for so long and now coming out of it? Because you're ahead of us in terms of coming out yeah. of it. Like you were saying to me, you had, when you were allowed to have a few friends over for the first yeah. time, you had a party for well, had, well, It was Digby's birthday. And so we had mm -hmm. five relatives over. We had his cousins and his aunt and his grandparents. So it was only five people, but it was really weird having other people in our house after so long of not having anyone in the house except for us. And also us spending all of our days and evenings together. And suddenly there were five other people and there, there was like five other people's worth of noise in the house. And it was so lovely to see them. And then when they left, I was like, oh my God. Just, I felt, it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming just the bombardment of sort of stimulus and noise and, and yeah, it was really, I was like, I, I, I also know how, like, we're so quick. We're so quick to adapt, aren't we? Yeah. We have to train like when, us. When, when it was taken away, we were like, how will we live without it? And then it's sort of eight weeks later, we're like, we cannot have that now. And, <laughs> and it's, oh, it's an overload of the senses and it's yeah. just bizarre. Um, I'm so sorry. I, um, to, uh, I, Basically, um, Minog has said two cases not quoting my username. Inducing panic in the cyst since 1995. Sure, but I can't say that because I don't own that. So yeah. I'm not going to say it. It's for you to say. I guess you can give me permission to say it if we're together in a room. And that's what you want me to call you. But I'm not, I can't because I don't own it. And that's, I think, kind of right. Does that make sense? Or am I, am I wrong? Um, I don't feel I own it, but I will call you Minog if that's okay. Um, uh, I don't, uh, yeah, I mean, that doesn't call, I, I often say somebody though, I often say somebody saying, if I don't, if I can't see, a, if I, if it's sort of, if the name is sort of SJ Sunshine or something, I will generally say, uh, somebody saying, if the, if the name is Sarah, I'll say they've clearly given their own name. Um, so that is not uncommon for me but it also doesn't feel very owned by me. And so I, um, no, I know, but also when this goes on YouTube, that yeah. all of the comments go away. Oh, so yes. then, yeah. So that, that common will disappear. So they won't be able to see what I'm talking about. And it will just be then a liftable clip of yeah. me using what is, um, widely known as a slur. So Minog, I love you. Um, and thank you for saying I'm only teasing. Um, 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 anyway. Uh, so are you at with lockdown? Are you allowed to have people over? Or what is yours? We're allowed to have five people over as long as it's outside, like in a garden, but we have to stand two metres away. 
I don't have a garden, but we've got like a little terrace. But if five people were on my terrace, they would not be able to stand two metres away from each other. So we'd all have to stand in a corner. Four people could stand in a corner of the terrace. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, we would have to uh, just stand and shout, I suppose, or I don't know. So for me, I'm like, I, I, I have had two people on the terrace. Somebody wanted to drop off a plant for me. And uh, so she and a friend who are isolated together came up with masks on and then we all sat outside two metres apart from each other and Tom sat inside. Um, <laughs> but we could see, he could see out the door. Yeah. But it's not really fun. It's, I mean, and it, it was fun to see them, but it's not really that sort of, oh, we can all have a few drinks and a few yeah. laughs in the same way for a very extended period of time. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so weird also, like, um, like I love to hug my friends. And so it's really weird seeing someone and not touching them. Like I've been going for sort of socially distanced walks with a friend. And like when I see her usually, like we are all over each other, like, She's such a dear friend. But then when you're there and you're apart, it feels like you've had a fight or it feels like you're having an affair no one must know about. Like, so you're like, oh, I'm itching to touch you, but I can't touch you. Like, it's such yes. a weird dynamic. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. Um, uh, the My friend was saying that uh, she was oh, – hold on. I'm just getting rid of that. Um, we've got some trolls on today. Um, I, I, my friend was, went on a date with, uh, her boyfriend and she said it was like going to, uh, going, being a Jane Austen hero and taking a turn around the park, but sort of in public and not being able to touch and, you know, all of that, uh, it feels very romantic and other people are, um, sorry, that sometimes the trolls find you, um, right. they just, cause they just, they just search for anything that says feminist. Um, and yeah, sometimes the, some, uh, just sometimes if you are, it's basically what I call the hot priest effect. If yeah, you right. can't have sex with somebody, if you're not allowed to, if it's illegal, it becomes compelling. And the same as like hugging your friends and it creates this odd intimacy because in no other context would I see you and not like hug you or yeah. come up to you or like be talking like really animatedly like yeah, yeah, yeah. This stand back it feels like exactly that like you're either resisting something or you're fighting and those social distances are not normal to us normally they mean something so i yeah i'm going to call it the hot priest effect um the other uh the other thing uh, what was it I, was just, I just had another salient point to add to that it's gone from me how useful that's what's happening to my brain um the other thing that's happening to me is uh, that my big achievement over lockdown has been watching 19 seasons of Survivor. So yeah. our family thing is that, like, it's great to watch with my son because we can have conversations about, um, like, sexism or racism and, you know, different situations. But watching the older series and watching them do challenges where they all have to spit water into a bucket or they, they like... Right. So the, the hygiene stuff that just now looks so wrong. Even like when you watch a TV show and someone kisses someone else and walks in their house, I'm like, oh, that's a bit much. Like, oh, too. I 100% hear that. Yeah. I wonder when we'll go back to that. I do wonder when we'll go back to that. 
do you um do you foresee any habits from lockdown going forward like taking them into the new life whatever that's going to be for us um i feel like uh when i go for it like i've been going for runs as my exercise and i've been making sure that i've said hello to everybody like even though we're distanced like i make eye contact and i say hello and i hope that's something that we keep of like just that little bit of like i'm starting to recognize people on the run like people obviously ah. along the track you know at similar times of day so i'm hoping there's that connection that stays rather than that you know don't make eye contact with people mm. and the kind of more like I don't know how that's going to go in London, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I wasn't sure how it was going to go in Melbourne either. Um, but the, um, the the whole thing of, like, when you talk to someone in a shop that you have a, you actually have a conversation with them that's not about the weather, like, yeah. how, how are you going or how have you found it? Have you been busy or when did you open again or how are you, you know, how are you finding it? We're asking more for each other's mental health now, I think. Yeah. I hope that continues. Yeah. After the earthquakes in Christchurch, um, which is my hometown, I was there um, when there was an earthquake at the end of the year that the big one happened. So uh, I went out with my mum to the supermarket the next day and they were limiting numbers of people that could go inside just in case there were, you know, more aftershocks or whatever. But everybody in the queue was talking to each other and going, you're all right, how's your family? Um, where were you when it, you know, like, like there was that real feeling of concern and camaraderie that I, I hope that we get to do as well that that yeah that you just kind of see each other as human more than like oh god why are you taking so long in the aisle with your oh, i just want to get some wheat bix you know like that's that's mm -hmm. more i absolutely hear that um i have been astounded by the patience of londoners and i really hope that we started to see each other as human beings more and be more and also mindful of how convenient everything is and how privileged we are Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. On that front, have all the shops opened up again in Melbourne? Because I worry our high street's going to be half empty because loads um, of people can't afford to reopen. 
Yeah, I haven't been out much. So I know l last time I went to um, the shopping centre, there were more shops open, like, you know, the, the pyjama shops and the clothing shops had started to reopen. And we, I went to a bookshop and they were like, oh, the shoe shop had was like letting people in like it was a nightclub, like it was a queue right down the uh -huh. um, centre of the shopping centre. And I was like, oh, I just can't imagine wanting to put my foot in a shoe that someone else might have had their foot in at the moment. Like, it, like, <laughs> so like, oh, the clothing shops have opened, but I don't want to try anything on. And I don't, like. I, ah, <laughs> interesting. Um, you've still got, you've still got kind of fit. And, um, and, to, and to be fair, until there's a vaccine, that's a, not a bad yeah. instinct. Um, people from New Zealand who are watching this, because you're right out of lockdown now, you've been saying, um, have you seen a, a, a only half or uh, half the businesses on, on the high street open um, or have you, um, have you found that everyone has found a way to reopen? I think you might have better stimulus packages than we do, but my concern is that lots of businesses are just never going to be able to open again because they couldn't afford to pay the rent during that time. And I'm dreading that in London. I'm dreading the sad time when, you know, half the shops are boarded up and people are, uh, sort of you know n not spending anything because they've yeah. got they lost their jobs and that kind of thing I think yeah. that's going to be so sad and uh we're going to have to find ways of you know and also before the comedy clubs are open again because presumably you can't still you can't have a theatre open now um you you can have a theatre open but it's got to have um there's a maximum number of people so like I don't know if you remember the Athenaeum in Melbourne so it's a reasonably big theatre and I think their their maximum their allowed would be fifty. So in a uh, theatre that's got hundreds of seats that you would know, you'd like be basically able to have one person per row. So it's not yet viable, I don't think, for much to be open. I know that in New Zealand, um, Ursula Carlson was talking about doing a gig the other day, and the booking instructions were if you were in your bubble. So New Zealand talks a lot about the bubble that you, the people that you have in your um, in your bubble of the people that you've been quarantining mm -hmm. with or in lockdown with that you can book tickets in the number of your bubble and then there'll be a gap between you and the next bubble so um, right. there'll be there'll be empty spaces between but you could have like six people there and five people over there right. but it's so they don't they won't operate exactly like an audience normally does but that but you can put like, a show on yeah and, and that's that's something yeah um, oh, Pure Light, who was saying that they're from Canterbury, uh, it really depends on the business. Everyone is doing so well supporting local, though. New Zealand supported tourism so well during the long weekend. Oh, that's nice. That's, um, yeah, that's something else here that I wonder, like, with tourism, because you've already got the places that are impacted by the bushfires already, but then you've got this whole thing of, like, you know, when will the states reopen and when you'll be able to travel and, yeah, it's it's... I can't imagine what it looks like yet. Um, somebody says in New Zealand, most places are reopening, but the government gave huge wave, wage subsidies. So the hard times may still be coming for some of our businesses. So um, yeah, some, some, someone else was saying there's going to be mass major closes later that people have sort of come back, but whether or not they're going to be able to sustain it. Oh yeah. It feels um, weirdly though. Like I had this kind of feeling like I've always, I've always, had faith that I chose the right job. Like mm -hmm. then this whole pandemic made me go, did I, for the first time in 30 years, it made me go, oh, should I really have been doing this? And then I kind of went, I feel 
like I've always, you know, had the self-doubt of like, you know, what if my career never goes anywhere or, you know, what if it's all downhill from here? And kind of the pandemic has made me go, well, oh, if the worst happens, it happens. Like this, it's mm. given me a different perspective on what I view success as, I think, of like going, oh, well, it could all just collapse in a moment. So there's no point. Exactly. There is no safe industry right now. Yeah. There's nothing safe. There really isn't. So I think... Uh, whatever you do, I, I, I feel pleased. I've spent the better, you know, part of my career doing something that I really wanted to do. And that's, I think, oh, um, um, Becky's saying here, uh, the beauticians are fully booked. I was right. The beauticians are now, are now the key workers. <laughs> They'll be working around the clock, I'm telling you. Mm. Um, but I just feel like it just shows you how fragile everything is. So <laughs> while you can be doing the thing you care about, do the thing you care about, I think the only thing that I would, the only shift that I would make would be not to stop doing comedy um, because I think entertaining spaces people are drawn to more and learn more from, but maybe to, to go into, to make a bigger part of my career activism as opposed to entertainment and my own, like worrying about my own career. Um, but of course, the fact that I don't draw a salary from any of the organizations I work with, I make my own living is actually very useful. So I think, I don't, I don't know. I think we just have to see how the next two years pans out um, and what it what it brings um, and how the new models for the working world are. How do you think it might change intimacy, Cal? Like in terms of dating and people hooking up and things like that, I am so unqualified to answer that, I feel, having been with my husband for 17 years. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, do, I did have a friend tell me that a friend of theirs was going out and hooking up on Tinder and then got the coronavirus and then had to call a whole lot of people and tell them. Of course, of course. Um, I can't yeah, believe people are still hooking up during this. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know whether... I, I can't answer that. I have no idea what it was like. I'm still getting over Tinder. Like I'm still, I'm still fascinated by that as a concept because it, you know, it wasn't around. Um, like no. Being surprised when we went to a wedding and the um, celebrant talked about how the couple had met online and both me and Chris were like, gosh, they're, they're admitting that. Like that's how. No. Like it, oh, it used to be when that first happened, when it was sort of dating websites, people were embarrassed to say they'd met online. Yeah. And now that's just so totally normal. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it's how, it has so many people meet yeah. now. But I, it kind of makes sense to me because uh, it's the biggest thing in your life who you're with. And you, we used to leave it just to going to a party and hoping yeah. to meet the right person. And that to me is like going to a party and going, anyone got a job? Yeah. Now. <laughs> um, is this house for sale? It's really nice, yeah. but I don't know any houses yeah. for sale. I don't like, any flat. Do you like to play board games? Does anyone like to play board games? <laughs> that's how it used to be it yeah. used to be you know and now you find everything online you 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 compare everything online you you know if you want to buy a house you want to you don't want to go to one estate agent you want to look at like everything available in the area you want to be in and you can do that quickly online i would suggest the same is for um the same for uh meeting somebody uh that is des that is desirable to you um uh Somebody says here, uh, if my best friend and husband met on Tinder is a badge of pride getting to be a success story. Um, indeed. Um, I think 
yeah, I th but I, do you know what I think is going to go out though, Cal? What? Is the swipe right, bang them and ghost them as soon as possible. I think that's, that's over. I just think just shagging a bunch of strangers and moving on. I just don't think it doesn't sit with this time, which is about connection and empathy and yeah. being careful about who you let into your world, your home, your body. I think we're in, in, coming into a different age. Um, but my theories are like polarized that some people are going to go into the roaring twenties where yeah. it's going to be massive parties and drugs and, um, cause there was no money in the twenties either because of the first world war and the, the, and Spanish flu, but they just did it on a budget and they, right. yeah, they, there was a lot going on on a budget then. Um, but there was extreme decadence. So I, st Minogue says, fuck boys still disagree. I, I, <laughs> sure. Um, but I, <laughs> I hear you. Um, fuck boys will be fuck boys. Um, that's a good t-shirt slogan. Um, oh, by the yeah. way, you will get a t-shirt today based on something you've said. Oh, really? Mm, yeah, it's a, um, I mean, I know you love a t-shirt. Um, I, I mean, fuck, fuck boy, fuck boyo. I had my, I had my t-shirt on for that one day. I should have put that, I should have put that on today. I should have put my fuck boy t-shirt oh, on. Oh. But, um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, something you say will be picked up by the merch store. They will then make an on-demand t-shirt, um, oh. that will say your slogan plus Cal Wilson plus the new normal plus stay home. And uh, it will be only printed on demand, so there's no waste. And it's uh, a locally sourced, ethical, uh, ethically traceable fabric as well. Amazing. So um, now I want to tell you this before I forget, because I meant to say it before. Steve um, Ali's article in the GQ about how it has saved me so many times. Like, oh my god! I just read it. Like I go back and read it again when I'm feeling fluttery and kind of like you know the world is out of control but just to go back and read that piece and go oh yeah that's out of control but yeah we take our moments mm -hmm. we take we take our joy from the small moments of the laughter and connection it's I, I've recommended it to so many people and I do just go back to it because it's such just the perfect thing to read like you know like it's like he's um talking to us from the future like yeah yeah kind of yeah um, it's yeah, it's very beautiful. He also did an amazing monologue on Grown Up Land, the BBC Sons. Uh, it's the it's the lockdown special um, about refugees knowing. I hope it gives people more compassion for refugees because now they see things can happen to you. They, this change was inflicted upon you. You did not want it. And can you imagine going through this? Except you can't stay in your home. It's the opposite of stay in your home. It's get out of your home, get on the road with your family. And you've got to, whatever you do, you've got to keep moving and no other country will take you. Now I think people are going to get that a bit more. Some people will get that a bit more and go, oh yeah, because nothing like this has happened to us for so long in our lifetimes that I think we've kind of thought, uh, we've just been in a bubble, a blip, a historical yeah. and, uh, and geographical blip. So, yeah, so I'm so happy that you feel that way about that article. And are there any parts of it especially that you remember? The, the, the bit about how you can't control what's happening, so you have to take the little things like the connection and laughing together. That was just, that, yeah, just just so great and so reassuring of just kind of going, yeah, well, you can't do anything. But mm -hmm. just so just take what you can in these moments. Yeah, and I've, I've found that when I've tried to look ahead too far, I just feel so 
uh, rudderless and confused and uncertain that it's just better to not try and you know because I can't make sense of the future because who knows and everything changes so quickly from week to week to week that who knows what we'll be doing in October like there's no point in even trying to look a year ahead because how can we predict what it is because we don't know yeah we don't know what next week looks like yeah that's that's what he says just just uh plan for the day and shop for the week and you you know you just drop all these sort of ideas of where you'll be in five years time because you the only thing you know is you don't know where you'll be in five years yeah. time so be it's i think it's making us be more in the now and be grateful more for what we have um and that it, i love that part of the article where he says um i'm really good at this i'm really good at changing and adapting and going oh well ev ev all all the parameters have shifted again now I have to work out how to live in this world um, because I've done this so many times before, mm. but he, he says, but so are you, you're also really good at adapting. Look at, you've already adapted. You're not doing the same things you were a few weeks ago. You've totally changed. You know, you're homeschooling your kids now, or you're, um, you're uh, working out how to cook with what's local and et cetera and so forth. This is what you're doing. You are adapting and you're finding joy in some of those things. You're thinking, Oh my God, it's nice to spend time with more of my more time with my kids. All right. It's nice to um, get to know the person at the local shop and, you know, like, and that's, that's what we, that's, we're all good at silver linings. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have, like, it's, you know, like my, my, all of my work for this year disappeared in one afternoon, basically. Um, but I've really loved, like, so the, the, the Melbourne Comedy Festival got cancelled, which was the only thing that could happen. And so um, there was a start of one week where it was going ahead and then it just wasn't. And so I'd come home from being away for about a month because I'd been away with you on the Guilty Feminist tour in New Zealand and yeah. Adelaide and Brisbane. And then I came home and I was expecting to be out every night for a month doing the festival and it's exhausting and it's great and it's tiring and it's wonderful and it's just shat like it's so exhausting and then all of a sudden I was at home and I wasn't going out anywhere but I was doing I was doing an Instagram live every night so I talked to one of my friends every mm -hmm. night on Instagram live because I just felt like I want to connect with people mm -hmm. and and for other people to maybe just feel like they're having a chat with a friend sort of thing but it was so nice to be at home with my family like it was just this it was so nice to be in this little pod of the three of us and not and not have to go to school you know like just we could totally hibernate together and it was it made me realize how much i travel or how much i have traveled mm -hmm. and my god and how you know how i'm always i'm home for a week but then i'm away for two nights and then i'm back and it was like oh no i'm just home now and it was mm -hmm. it was you know for all of the massive uncertainty and the fear about work and all that kind of stuff it was just really uh, nice uh, to stop fine yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. I found that as well. I'm, I'm sort of shocked at what I was asking my body to do. And I think it's now socially acceptable to go, how are you coping? How are you dealing with it? How are you, how are you? And, uh, you know, uh, I, but last year, if somebody had said on a conference call, I'm not coping, everyone would have been like, Oh, why are you not coping? But last year, my life was so frenetic. The pace we were living at and it was of course we were not well, of course we were yeah. not right. You know, it, I'm, I hope that continues, but I am so glad we got to do the tour we did in February because <laughs> it was so special and I had such a good time on that tour. Yeah, it was really special. And it was so, I mean, we got to, um, you know, we had fantastic women on 
as guests and it was just it was just so wonderful it was a lovely send-off <laughs> like it was a you know for me anyway like the they were such lovely gigs and I felt really um, filled and sustained by them and you know such a yeah. great um I, I, they, I, I have to imagine that that will happen again. Like you know, that we'll get, mm -hmm. we'll go back to. Um, that night we did the show. Julia Gillard was so amazing. It really was. And the Enmore Theatre in Sydney. It was genuinely thrilling, and I am so happy that we got to do that. It, and you know, I feel so lucky. I'm meant to be on tour around the UK at the moment. Some really, really big venues. I think we're meant to be in Newcastle tonight. Um, I, you know, every, I keep, people keep posting their tickets and saying, we should be doing this stuff. We should be doing this tonight. And I'm so you know, sad not to be able to go to all those places, but we will again. And I think possibly what we've all learned from this, um, you know, I'll never say it's worth it because of, you know, I'm not saying that at all because there are so many deaths from COVID and, and other, you know, associated deaths as people can't be treated properly. And, you know, the black life, that the horror show that's brought on the black lives matter movement, the consistent brutalization of people. I mean, it's so awful, but I'm, what I'm hoping again, human beings are programmed to look for silver linings. Um, that's how we survive and, and yeah. go forward and innovate. Um, I'm hoping that all of this, might lead to a change in our consciousness even if it's only a sort of chunky minority of people who go okay things have got to change yeah um and and to your point of saying you know like last year if you'd said i'm not coping you've got to be horrified i hope we do keep that or even just the humanizing of the people that you work with like um i did a i did a corporate gig on zoom for the first time which is a very strange thing to do uh, but the guy that hired me we were chatting and he was saying you know um our our bosses are quite formal but because we've been having these um calls from home and she's got her kids at home like we've had meetings where her kids been sitting on her knee and I'm seeing a whole different side to her that I haven't seen before and I thought it was so interesting that yeah like you're kind of getting a we're getting a, a more human view of the people that mm -hmm. we interact with. and that it's okay if you need to you know I can't imagine a year ago that that no one would comment if you had a child on your lap while you were trying to do a work meeting. But now it's just like, oh, well, that's what you have to do to do the job. So it's fine. I'm hoping so. Do you have a feminist or activist cause that we can get behind today? Um, um, is there anything you'd like us to contribute to, sign, uh, get involved with, amplify? Um, uh, because of the whole Black Lives Matter thing this week and uh, Indigenous Lives Matter here, I couldn't go to the the protest today, but I've donated to a couple of organisations. There's a, um, an organisation called Ajira, which is uh, um, uh, an organisation that helps Aboriginal women uh, in all aspects, but specifically ab Aboriginal people who've been experiencing domestic violence, and they're based in Victoria. Wow. And uh, I've donated to a couple of Indigenous Literacy Foundation and the, Indig the Aboriginal um, Literacy Foundation, so two similar names, but two different organisations. Um, and there's a list in my bio on Instagram. There's a list of resources for anti-racism resources for here in Australia done by the Victorian Women's Trust. So I felt like I've got to do something. I've got to start doing something. And so like making a donation is something I can do, but also following more Indigenous voices. There's a really great organisation called Black Rainbow, which is um, for LGBTQ 
LGBTQI plus Indigenous youth here in Australia. And the guy that runs that is really lovely. Um, uh, yeah, so it's, so for me, it's kind of what I'm doing at the moment is just trying to read stuff and, and ingest stuff and be more aware and, and try and step up. Do you mind making some stories of those and asking yeah. the Guilty Feminists? Then we'll share them. Um, right. And the people who watch this can uh, find them and uh, follow or donate. Donate if you can. If you can't donate, amplify. There are lots of people who are still on their full salary and now have no where to spend their money down the pub or at the gym or anything like that. So they may well uh, give it and direct it. Um, and is there anything you've been reading or watching that you think we should read or watch? And it could be important or escapist, feminist, or just something you've been enjoying. Um, I have not been able to read a book this whole time. I just have wow. not had space to read a book. Um, but one of my favorite books always is Let's Pretend This Never Happened by Jenny Lawson which is a fantastic, funny memoir. Her second book is called um, Furiously Happy, and it's about her struggle with mental illness. And it is so wonderful and funny. And she's, uh, she writes under the blog S on Twitter. And they are two of the most like gorgeous, uh, honest, but really, really funny um, just memoirs of, of living with mental illness, and, but also her passion for taxidermy. And yeah, they're just, they're just gorgeous. Right. Amazing. Like, um, somebody saying Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance yeah. is also a great group resource. Um, and uh, if you listen to this week's Guilty Feminist, um, we had the amazing uh, Eugenia on and she uh, recommended places as well. So listen to the latest Guilty Feminist and uh, uh, there's, there's lots of recommended places where you can do a direct debit, which is, I think, to be honest, what any white Australian should do who has any kind of disposable income at all um, because uh, you know, it's always been Aboriginal land and it always will be. So we, we need to respect that. Um, and finally, if you, I mean, you are out of lockdown now, you could do anything you want. Um, if you felt able to do anything you wanted to do, because you weren't being super careful about COVID post vaccine world, what would you, what do you miss more than anything? Oh, just being in a room full of people laughing together. You yeah, know, that feeling of um, that feeling of being on stage and the audience coming with you, and then yeah, like like to do. I would love to do another Guilty Feminist live show right now. Like, how glorious would that be? Um, and other than that, just hugging the shit out of a whole lot of people that I love. Maybe that's your T-shirt, hugging the shit out of a whole lot of people <laughs> I really love. Um, somebody suggested pay the rent as well. Check them out. Um, so. Uh, if anyone's got an, a better idea for a t-shirt than hugging the shit out of a whole lot of people I really love, uh, then pop it, pop it below, uh, for Cal and the t-shirts are available and a hundred percent of the profit of the t-shirt goes to the artist. In this case, Cal Wilson, uh, or if you're all right for money, you can redirect it to a comedian who's trying to pay the rent and can't, um, all the love Cal. Um, I think we're coming oh, up to the hour. We're going to get cut off in a minute, but it has been such a wonderful, uh, time to see you. We've missed you so much. Um, I've missed doing Guilty Feminist with you. And are you, um, is there anything else you wanted to tell us about that you didn't get to tell us about? Um, not really, but I was thinking the only, the only way you can support me financially is buying my kids' books, if you want to do that. George and the Great Bum Stampede, George and the Great Brain Swappery, uh, very serious documentary books, obviously, for children. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, otherwise, follow me on Instagram, and yeah, we'll figure it out. Oh, and watch, uh, watch me on Stan. I've got a, I've got a. Um, oh, we did this whole great lockdown comedy special where we had to film ourselves in our own homes, and it was terrifying and wonderful. Uh, but if you have uh, the streaming flat platform Stan, you can watch that the Australian Comedy Lockdown Festival. Um, otherwise, the Netflix special, which is a couple of years old now, um, and I feel weird talking about things that I've done. No, it's okay. It's okay. You're an artist who can't work, so you're 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 fine. You just yeah. you know tell us about your books and stuff and your Netflix special. Um, if you've got Netflix, check out Cal Wilson's Netflix special. It's very lovely. Um, if you've got kids or no kids, um, her books are brilliant too. So check those out. Uh, in the meantime, Cal, have a wonderful what's left of your weekend. Our weekend's only just started. Yes. Um, I'm sorry, you've burnt through quite a lot of yours. I have recklessly. <laughs> For our cats, which is like quite an oversight now. Oh, do you want to quickly show us your cats? They're asleep on my husband. They, they won't be coming oh. in. Um, do show us your husband? Special Guilty Feminist Cat Show edition at some point. We did do a Crazy Cat Lady episode with uh, uh, Celia Picola. She named that episode and she wanted to talk about how she wanted a cat. She had to get a boyfriend first so people didn't say she was a lonely spinster with a cat and she just thinks that that's an imposition. If people don't project that on other pet, other pets. She no. said, if a woman has three dogs, she oh, she sounds really fun. She's probably got a jet ski. <laughs> what has three cats? Mm, mad loner. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, lots of love, salutes, kisses, hugs, high fives, and I'll see you Soon, on the world. I hope so. Bye. Bye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Apply. See site for details. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com.